SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the SportsGrid radio network. I'm excited about today's show. And not just because it's Christmas, guys, because it's bowl season. And bowl season is two things. One, it's fun. Two, it's profitable. So when you put those two things together, I don't care if it's not fun. I want something profitable. And bowl season's both. So we have that going right now. And today, in the intro, of course, on today's show, I'm going to bring in Arthur DeCesar. Art DeCesar at ArtDice21. Uh, on Twitter, he is a race and sports supervisor over at the Westgate Superbook right here in Las Vegas. And I love to bring odds makers on at this time of the year. I love to bring odds makers on anytime we can get them, and they're going to be straight with me. And Art's a guy who I've known for a couple of years, and he's straight with us. So he's not going to uh, blow smoke and tell us things that don't actually exist. And for I'm, we're going to go through a bunch of bowl games. I'm going to ask him, who do the Sharps like? Who does the public like? Who do you like? And we'll go through a bunch of games over the course of... Uh, of the next week, because obviously next week is the official quote-unquote bowl bonanza uh, with games, you know, multiple games every day. Basically, if you want to watch and bet college football bowl games next week, you'll be able to do that pretty much all day, every day. So we're going to bring an art to Caesar and tell us, uh, he's going to tell us or help us discern the smoke from the fire when it comes to where the money's coming why the money's coming on these particular games. So we'll go through a bunch of bowls with Art and we'll get, talk about what the holidays are like in Vegas. I'm going to ask him about his bowl rules, etc., etc. But before we get into Art, I do want to talk about some bowls. I'll call them do's and don'ts. Stuff that I figured out over the years. And the rules are pretty much, I mean, it's, they make sense. <laughs> now, does it pay off every time? Of course not. But in general, here are some things that have worked for me over the years betting these college football bowls. And if you're looking for one bet-on situation, you want to bet on motivated teams, period. Forget the records, forget the stats, forget any other factor except for that we're excited to be here versus eh, not so much. And you can put a corollary with the motivated teams. You want to bet on motivated teams. You also want to bet on teams looking for respect, whether it's a record that's above 500, whether it's we lost our conference championship game and now we really want to prove something, whether it's, hey, this is an opponent that will uh, that is disrespecting us. We want to be respected. So your motivated teams, your teams looking for respect, they tend to be bet on all the way. And the other side of that is, of course, you bet against the disappointed teams, the teams that are not happy with their bowl berth, the teams that when you read the quotes from the local papers coming out of it, the coach is trying to talk them up, but you're not getting any of those quotes uh, from the players, teams that played in bigger bowl games last year, teams that had uh, higher expectations in the bowl they're going to, teams going to crappy locations, disappointed teams regardless of their record, regardless of their season-long stats, regardless of the coach's bowl record, disappointed teams, especially when favored, are teams we want to be betting against at this time of the year. 
What about coaches? Again, fairly simple concept. Betting on coaches with good bowl track records, betting against coaches with bad track records. And if you do nothing but look at coaches' records in bowl games, and when you see one with a good record and the other one with a bad record, you bet them over the good record. If you do nothing but that, you can make money in bowl season. That works year in, year out. Of course, bowl track records aren't something that you're going to find in most mainstream publications. you got to look for that info. But if you look for it and you find it, it can be meaningful. We like to bet on teams playing close to home. You know, there's something to be said for having a fan base that actually is interested and can show up for the game, having crowd support. It's certainly meaningful at this time of the year. And it's not like fans don't travel, especially for the bigger bowl games. But for a lot of these smaller games, you're not going to have a whole lot of fans in the stands. When you're home <laughs> uh, or near home, you're much likely to have a, a crowd edge. And that can play out on the field on a fairly regular basis. So I do like betting on teams playing close to homes. And, of course, we talk about what... We like what type of profiles we're looking for. Defense tends to carry over between the end of the regular season and the bowl game. Offense, well, sometimes the offenses come out clicking on all cylinders. Sometimes they're out of sync. I tend to look to be betting on good defenses at this time of year more than good offenses because the good defenses, again, it carries over to the bowl game. So uh, the explosive offensive stats don't impress me as much as the dominant defensive numbers, particularly numbers against the run. Good defensive underdogs have been excellent bowl bets over the years. And two more that aren't a specific bet on or bet against. Number one, cap the conferences. As bowl season progresses, you're going to see some of these conferences really struggle. Others step up. Bet what you've seen. And last but not least, the single biggest edge that bettors have over the bookmakers don't bet every friggin' game. It's okay to pass on a lot of these. There's not a right side for everything you're going to see on TV. It's our job to find the good ones. We'll see if we can do that with Art to Caesar coming up next, right here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. Stay tuned. He'll be joining us after this brief commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm excited to bring uh, my next guest in, today's guest, to talk college football bowls. Why? Why am I excited? One, because I like the guy. But two, because I know he's going to give us good info. That would be Arthur DeCesar, race and sports supervisor over at the Westgate Superbook right here in Las Vegas, home of the world-famous Super Contest at Art Dice 21 on Twitter. Arthur Caesar, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you so much for taking time on what I know is a busy Christmas week to join us here on Cover It. It absolutely is busy, Teddy, but it's a pleasure to be here. And 
you know, I'll always take time out of my day to come on and talk to you because, as you said, you like me and I like you. We have that mutual life for each other, and we always have fun when we get together. So this should be a lot of fun. Good. So let's spend the rest of the show arguing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I sent you the free show notes last night. I'm like, bowl season. Discuss. Uh, but, yeah, I was kidding. But the bottom line is we're here to break down everything that we can in terms of putting you on the right sides or the right type of sides and totals here during bowl season. And I gave out some bold do's and don'ts at the top of the show. I want you to tell me if they're worthy. They're all basic things that make sense. But I want to ask you if they actually matter in 2021. Because some of these bowl ideas, they've been around for a while. But the basic concept... You want to bet on motivated teams or teams looking for respect. You want to bet against disappointed teams. Agree or disagree with that? Does that still hold true in 2021? I think it can, depending on the team, depending on the culture of the program, who the coach is. And, you know, you got to look at it now, too. What type of players? Who opted out? Did coaching staff move? So I think there is still some truth to that. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, you're a little bit older than me. I remember hearing those factors when I was growing up, which team is motivated, which. Sorry, I lost art. Gotcha. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Now I hear you. I hear. Sorry about that, Art. Looks like we lost you for a second, but it looks like we have you back. The bottom line is, as a concept, gauging motivation isn't easy. But that same strategy that you heard growing up, I heard growing up, I heard when I first moved out to Vegas, the concept is clearly there. The teams that are excited about their bowl bids, they show up. Um, They don't always cover, but they always show up. What about coaches? Do you believe in betting on or betting against coaches? The coaches with good bowl track records continue to have good bowl track records. The coaches with bad uh, track records continue to be bet against. Uh, Is that something that you found has held true in recent years? It's definitely a factor. Once again, I think that goes back to the program, the culture, what the coach instills in that program. You know, a couple of guys to look at, like a Kyle Whittingham at Utah. He's like 11 and three in bowls. Gundy's 10 and five at Oklahoma State. So these are coaches who go to bowl games. They win bowl games. Obviously, that's got nothing to do with against the spread. That's just winning the game. But I even look at when you look at coaches, right? Tom Osborne had a losing record in the bowls. Does that make him a bad coach? Of course not. I mean, Tom Osborne's one of the great coaches in the history of the sport. So it can go both ways. I do think it is nice to look at that, but I don't think it's the overall factor on how I'm going to look at a game. Well, thank you so much for bringing back one of my worst bowl memories of all time. (laughs) Uh, And literally, this was, I mean, you know, when you talk about the Teddy Covers origin story, this game had a huge role in it. It was the... 1995 championship game played, I think it was January 1st, January 2nd, 1996. And it was Mm. Nebraska and Florida, the Lawrence Phillips Nebraska team. And I'm like, Tom Osborne's got a terrible track record in bowls. I want Spurrier. That was at the, that was uh, admittedly at the end of the tail end of a disaster bowl season for me. But what I did that bowl season that I've never done since is I started doubling up. And doubling up and doubling up, and by the time off a loss, and by the time it came to the national title game, I was making the single biggest bet of my life 
And if you remember the game, I don't know who else does uh, Lawrence Phillips. No, no, no. I, I, I do 62 to 20, Tommy Frazier. Yeah. I remember. It. Yeah, it was over in the first quarter. You know, there was yep. nothing. It was literally, I made the biggest bet of my life at the time, and it was over in the first quarter. And that was a turning point for me as a better because I said, if you're going to do this, that's one number one. I spent the next two months paying, uh, working to pay off my bookie uh, for that one bet and that one bowl season. Uh, but number two, I said, if you're going to do this, you got to take it seriously. And that's when I made my first spreadsheet. You know, that's when I started yeah. tracking let things. Me, let me that's when I started this. paying attention. What that was the game, and I, I hopefully you didn't get trapped in this. That was the game where everyone said Nebraska would be slow because it was on grass. Correct? Yes. Oh yeah, I got okay. I got right? trapped everyone in all of it. Dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone said, yeah, "Oh, was... they play on turf. Oh, they're going to be slowed down." Yeah, didn't slow them that night. No, no. Again, it was it was absolutely there was no chance in the yeah. first quarter of that game. So uh, the good bowl track record again. It doesn't hold true every time, Art. No. Uh, that's one uh, that wasn't a good one. But nonetheless, in general. We're looking to be on coaches with good bowl track records and against coaches with bad ones. What about playing teams, teams playing close to home? I've heard both arguments on this. I've heard teams, when they're playing close to home, maybe they're not that excited. You know, you're sleeping in your own bed as opposed to getting the, the thrill of a trip. Uh, but they tend to get the crowd support. And the long-term track records show that the teams playing, let's say, within an hour's drive, I think was a 60 miles or 100 miles of their home uh, field, have been long-term winning proposition. Is that something better still use? That's something you pay any attention to? Yeah, that, that's something that I would factor in. I, I could see both sides of the argument. You know, the kids want the opportunity to go to a bowl, maybe travel somewhere they haven't been, go to a destination. But at the same time, the comforts of being at home and not changing your team, and maybe that team who is coming to you is traveling far. So I could see both sides of it. I'd probably rather have the team who is closer to home and has all the fan support and all the comforts of home, and I would definitely factor that in. Once again, not a huge factor, but definitely a factor I would look at. Now, one of the things, again, these general rules, is that defenses tend to carry over from the end of the regular season. Whereas offenses can get out of sync uh, when they're off for a couple of weeks. Is that real? Do you believe in betting on good defenses in bowl games as opposed to a good offense? And if you have a great offense facing off a great defense, you're looking to take the great defense in that contest, or is it just a game-by-game scenario for you? I definitely think it could be game-by-game scenario, but I would say I would love a great defense, but also, Teddy, I would like a good running game, too. You know, teams can be off a couple of weeks. Maybe the passing game gets out of sync. So if I can get defense and running, I would like that. So, yeah, that's, again, these are the general rules. What about capping the conferences? We see it every year. This conference starts out and gets, you know, the, the MAC has had their fair share of troubles in recent years. Conference USA has had their fair share of troubles with these uh, in recent years. SEC underdogs are money in the bank year in, year out. Um do we want to be capping the conferences as the bowl games are going to see if we can figure out underrated and overrated conferences? Or is it, hey, this conference might stink, but they got this one good team, so you better watch out for them. Um, what do you think about that as a general strategy? I think when you look at the conferences, yes, you have to look at it like, okay, we got to take it game by game. Like you said, Mac hasn't been good. Mountain West has been pretty good so far in this bowl season. SEC is always a play on team. They have top talent. People always like to play the SEC. But I think you do have to take it game by game. Pac-12 hasn't been good recently either. So that's a conference people have liked to fade recently. 
And last but not least, Art, uh, you know, I, 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 I said it like this. Don't bet every friggin' game. It's okay to pass. Uh, are there betters that come in and literally, well, you know, the public come in and just bet game after game after game? Uh, real quick answer, if you could. we got only 30 seconds before the break. There's no doubt about it. There's not a lot going on. Some things have been suspended in sports. People like to bet every game, and you should not do that. Yeah, I mean, if you have an opinion, you can bet it. But people try to force opinions on all kinds of games that they know nothing about, as I spoke earlier with Nebraska and Florida in my own bowl season nightmare. Much more with Arthur DeCesar coming up after the break. Stay tuned. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Red Radio Network. Don't miss anything from our programming. Not a thing. Go to Twitter. And follow us at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV to stay informed all day long. You'll see clips, breaking news, updates, and pretty much everything else at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And, of course, uh, you can follow our guest today, Arthur DeCesar, on Twitter at ArtDice21. Again, ArtDice21 on Twitter. He is an excellent follow. I recommend him without any uh, caveats in that regard. So, Arthur, we were talking before the break about some of my bowl rules that, you know, are standard industry bowl rules. Do you have any bowl rules? Do, do, do such things exist on your side of the counter? Um, talk to me about your any general thoughts or general strategies for betting and beating these bowl games. You know, Teddy, I don't have a ton, but I think a couple that we did touch on, a good defense and a running game, I'll take that all day. I do think in this new opt-out world, I'm going to be real on top of who's opting out, who's not. And even, like, what are the backups? Like, are these guys who have played, did they get any time during the season, especially if it's a quarterback or a top running back, some receivers? Do they have any depth or any experience behind them? So I'm definitely looking at those type of things. And to me, it's just matchups. It's just, it could be conference versus conference, things like that. But I don't have, like, an overall bowl guide. I just basically look at every game, look at it, you know, just the way I would look at just a regular season game. I know it's different because it's a bowl game. But, no, I don't have, I'm pounding the table, I'm doing this or not doing this when it comes to the bowl season. But I do follow your philosophy. If there's 50 bowl games, I might only bet 10 of them. I'm trying to find the bowl games that I think I can make a little bit of money off of. So I'm not going and just betting every ball game. That's not something I do. Yeah, it's really hard to win if you're betting every game on the board because the juice yeah. will inevitably eat you up, and it's hard to have strong, bettable opinions on all of these games. There's lots of ball matchups that I look at and go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know side. <laughs> yep. I don't know total. I don't know motivational edge. I don't know who's got the better defense. Uh, easy pass for this better. But it's easier said than done. With at least some of our listening audience has a rough time uh, passing on games. I'll give you a hint. Just don't turn the TV on, and it'll solve the problem. <laughs> turn it on later when you've got your bowl game in action. Art, I want to spend a bunch of times going through bowls with you uh, on today's show. Just game after game, we'll go through it. I'm going to ask you, who does the Sharps like? Who do the Squares like? Who do you like? 
But before we get into that, I do want to ask you about what the holidays are like. You and I both live in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is not considered a, uh, a holiday destination, I guess, perhaps the way some places are. It doesn't feel all that Christmassy. Uh, here in Vegas, when you wake up Christmas morning, you just go down to the casino floor. Yeah, there's some guys dressed in Santa suits, but it's not as Christmassy. You don't have the Christmas weather, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's it like here in Vegas over the holidays? Um, tell me a little bit about the the feel, the Christmas spirit here in town. Yeah, it's interesting, Teddy, and, and you're right. This is not. I know Vegas is always a destination, but. For the holidays, it tends not to be, and it's crazy because it comes a week before one of the biggest destination weeks here, which is New Year's. So it's always interesting to see. This is a little bit more of a quiet week, but, you know, when you work in the sports books, it's never quiet. There's always games. Obviously, bowl season's going. So every day you're going to have things to do. So it, it, it doesn't have the feel of Christmas. You're not going to have snow. It's probably going to be 70 degrees outside, but... It's still something that we, you know, we, we have people. There's just, it's just the, the nature of the beast here. We're always going to have people in the casinos. It does quiet down. It ramps back up later in the week as we get closer to New Year's. But, you know, Christmas falls on a Saturday, too. So be interesting to see how that plays out. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. But, yeah, definitely not a destination for the most part. That being said, I, mean, I think Christmas Eve might be one of the quietest nights of the year. Oh yeah, in the casinos. I mean, Christmas and especially in the sports bar. I mean, we do have the Hawaii Bowl, but that is exactly. the only game uh, on, on Christmas Eve. And other than that, uh, you know, I mean, you know what it's like. It could be a ghost town uh, in the casinos. What was it like oh, uh, for you on Christmas Eve? You know, at, at Christmas Eve is the one time where we like shut early. We don't. You know, normally we have we have our hours. We're open at 11, midnight, depending on the day, and we never stray from those hours. Christmas Eve, there is one game. There's no other sport. We're going to book the game, basically book the halftime, and then close. So it's one of the rare days where, you know, we're closing at like 8 o'clock, and that happens basically once a year, and that's Christmas Eve. Uh, Arthur Caesar gets to go home early every once in a while. It doesn't happen a lot. Uh, and that's one of the great things. If you're in town, Art will tell you, you know, uh, stop by the Westgate Superbook. He's as friendly and as good to your guests as you can find. Uh, so if you go in uh, to the Westgate, just ask for Art to Caesar, and he'll come out, say hi. Uh, sometimes he's in the back, sometimes he's in front. Uh, but Art is uh, very easy to get along with. So if you're around in Vegas over the holidays, go to the Westgate. And check him out. Did I oversell you there, Art, or is that real? No, and you know what? I'm going to give you a lot of credit to that, too, Teddy. You know, all the shows I've ever done with you over the years, you've always said that. And I've had a lot of people who have come in and said, hey, I heard you on with Teddy or this, that, and the other. And people are always like, man, it's just so great to see you. It's so great to hear you, talk to you. And I just love meeting people, man. I'm a people person. It's it's fun. You know, 99.9% of people who are coming into the sports books that I've worked at, they want to talk sports and have fun. So it's always great to meet people and just, you know, try to give them the experience that I would want to have. So I'm all about it. Yeah, and again, so when I first moved to Vegas, I'm not going to say I was distrustful of the odds makers, but I certainly wasn't sitting around hanging out with the bookmakers. I considered a bookmaker, the bookies are your enemy, and that's the way it was when you're a better. You know, you're, you're, okay, you can be friends with your bookie. Yeah, my bookie's my buddy. Uh, but I was friends with him before he became a bookie. That's why, uh, I was, you know, it, there was a very adversarial relationship between betters and bookmakers. I found here in Vegas over the course of the last 20-something years, 
that it doesn't have to be adversarial, that it's better off when it's not adversarial. And people say, all right, hey, this book posted a number wrong. Um, do you bet it or do you tell them? And if you bet the bad number, yeah, you get your bet down, you might win, but you're not going to have a relationship with that book <laughs> moving forward. Whereas if you tell someone, hey, you know, it should have been minus 170 and you made it plus 170, if you tell them that, yeah, you're not going to get that one positive expectation bet. But now you've got a relationship with the book, and they're much less likely to give you trouble down the road. And you know people over there, and they're glad to see you when you come in. And even if you're a winning better, they'll still take care of you. Will you agree with that, Arthur? Is that your case? And, of course, if you come in to town and you want to say hi to Art to see you, it doesn't have to be this week or next. Whenever you come in, uh, he's likely to be working at some point over at the Westgate Superbook. But uh, sorry, answer your question. Answer my question if you could. No, I, Teddy, I agree. I know we've had that conversation before. I, I think we need each other, right? I mean, both sides <laughs> of the counter need each other, right? I mean, if we don't have you, you don't have us, I mean, what are we doing? We're not doing this show. We're not having fun. So I don't know. I just don't – I think it, just in life in general, it's good to have good relationships and you know, if we're going to be dealing with betters who come in all the time, even if they are winning betters and we see them all the time, we feel we should have a good relationship with them because it's just a relationship we're going to have for a long time. So I totally agree with that. I understand there are going to be some people say, well, hey, you posted the wrong number. We're going to take advantage. And that's fine, and that's your right to do. But, you know, like you said, then it's our right to figure out what we're going to do as the next steps go and what we do down the line. So. I just think keeping everything above boards, especially with your, your good betters and your volume betters and the people who are in there all the time, it, it's just a positive for both sides. No argument here. Arthur DeCesar at ArtDice21 uh, on Twitter from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. Art, we've talked about some bull philosophy. We've talked about what Vegas is like Christmas. We've talked about how betters and bookmakers aren't necessarily natural enemies, <laughs> you know, uh, we're, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the, the one, the, like a mosquito sucks off your blood and, and they're, they're codependent. That's not the word I'm looking for, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, 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 we all, uh, live off each other. Now it's time to start breaking down some of these bowl games one by one. And I wanted you to come on. You're going to share us, but you're going to share with us who the wise guys like, who the public like, and if you have any opinions on these games. And let's let's go right now and start taking a look at Monday. I don't want to talk about the Christmas Day game. I know some people uh, already, uh, you know, if, uh, if you listen to the replay, it's already, it's already done. Uh, but let's go right to Monday and talk about the two bowl games there. They both start real early on Monday. The first one's 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Unbelievable. Uh, for you back east, Western Michigan and Nevada. And this game has had... About as big a line move as you can find. Some books, not all books, not the Westgate, but some books opened the Wolfpack as high as minus six and a half. I'm looking at the markets right now, plus seven at the Westgate as we speak. That's a pretty big line move. Talk to me about Western and Nevada. Well, yeah, you know, when Nevada's going to have their quarterback out and Carson Strong, you're going to have a line flip like that. It's it's very easy to see why the money's coming in on Michigan. Nevada's obviously the better team. We just talked about the Mac isn't really that great in these bowls, but now that you know the the, the best player for Nevada's out, that's just the way it's going to be. We've talked about these opt-outs and the way that is. 
Nevada will probably still get some buyback because it's seven, but it's been nothing but the Michigan money coming in early. So you, you've seen that. Yeah, the Western Michigan Bronco, and of course, Nevada dealing with a coaching change as well and an awkward coaching change when Jay Norvell leaves town because Colorado State is going to pay him more than Nevada will. That's not necessarily a positive thing for the programs. You can certainly understand why all the money, and not some of the money, all the money has come so far on the Western Michigan Broncos. We're just getting started with bowl previews and bowl breakdowns. Stay tuned. More with Arthur DeCesar after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've got extended time on today's show with Art DeCesar at ArtDice21 on Twitter from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. And Art's giving us the skinny on as many bowl games as we can get to <laughs> over the next 15 minutes. Uh, a little bit less than 15 minutes. But over the next segment, Art is going to break down as many as we can. He's going to talk about who the pros like, who the Joes like, and who he likes. And we're in Monday bowl action right now. Let's talk. And I don't care about the names that one the military bowl is this one. Boston College and East Carolina. Uh, that is in Annapolis, Maryland. The Westgate Superbook right now currently has BC minus three, 52 and a half. Who do the pros like? Who do the Joes like? Who do you like in this one? Yeah, Teddy, you know, that game opened three. It actually dipped under to two and a half. It's now back to three, like you said. It's been BC money through and through, even though, you know, you had, you had the dip. So obviously you had people buy back in with BC. So there was a little bit of East Carolina money early, but it's been nothing but BC money. I like BC a little bit in the game. Listen, we talked about, you don't bet every game. These are one of, one of those games where I looked at and I go, I don't really have that great of an opinion on the game, but I think I would lay the three with Boston college in the game. I know I'm going to be on the side basically of all the public and a little bit of sharp betters too, but DC minus three, I would say. Yeah, and I'm not in love with either one of these Monday uh, bowl games. Slightly tempted by BC, but you know they, they once they got Jerkovic back, they got their you know they have a, a quarterback who has an NFL potential. Um, he got hurt mid-season. They were undefeated when he got hurt. They didn't win a game with him out, and they came back. And when he came back. Didn't look like the same offense for BC. Jerkovic didn't look comfortable. The offensive line didn't look comfortable. And they played a couple of bad games close at the regular season. That makes me a little bit reluctant to back them here. They should mash East Carolina in the trenches. They really should. But that Pirates team has been a good character team all year. Like you, Art, it's not a game that I'm likely to get involved with at the current betting number. Let's shift to Tuesday in the Birmingham Bowl. Again, 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's what's so fun about this. You have games literally all day, every day. There's yeah. noon for you back east. And you got games, you know, the, the late game tips off at 10, 15 at night back east. So, you know, have a bowl action all day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Let's talk Houston and Auburn and Dana Holgerson's track record in bowls. As bad as it gets straight up and against the spread. But... Auburn, their quarterback quit. <laughs> what have, he quit. He's, he's, he's decided he's going elsewhere. Uh, what have you seen in terms of the betting action for this one? Who do the pros like? Who do the Joes like? Who do you like? 
Yeah, right. Bo Nix, and no one's happy. No one has been happier to go to Oregon ever than Bo Nix. I mean, he's all over social media doing that. But you know, Houston had a great season. Houston is eleven and two. I know they lost that last game after they they lost game one, then they won eleven in a row, lost to Cincinnati. But Auburn is just going to take money. It's an SEC team. I know they have not been good this year. It doesn't matter. People like to bet these SEC teams. There's no way around it. We've seen nothing but SEC money come in uh, or nothing but Auburn money come in. So, I, once again, this is another game eh, I don't feel that great about. I don't know, though. I, I think I would maybe slightly lean towards taking Houston in the points. I wouldn't feel great about it. I don't love the coach, like you said, in Holgrimson, but Auburn's obviously going to have more talent. I think I would lean taking the Cougars, but I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel strong about it. Yeah, I don't got a strong, I'm trying to get to something that I got strong opinions on. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Let's talk Louisville and Air Force uh, in the first responder bowl. Louisville, a short favorite, minus one, minus one and a half, total of 55-ish. Let's call it there. There are some uh, books that have the number a little bit higher than that. In fact, the Westgate is still at 56. Um, what do we do with Louisville and Air Force? I've seen some support from guys that I know that say Air Force is a underdog that can run the football and stop the run, and those are the type of teams they look to bet on. I look at Louisville and say this team underachieved this regular season, and if they bring their A game, they'll blow the Falcons out. Uh, who do the pros like? Who do the Joes like? Who do you like? So at the Westgate, we got Louisville minus one. Like you said, a short favorite. It's been nothing but Louisville money early. I will say this. We talked about it in the earlier segment. A team that can play a little bit defense and run the ball. And you, you'll always say this about Navy, Army, Air Force. The academy kids care. So yep. I know that, you know, that's, oh, okay, all these kids should care. Those kids care. We know that. So I like Air Force in the game. I like watching the option. I want to root for Air Force anyway because I like rooting for the academy teams. It's just, you know, the, the patriotic person in me. And it's definitely going to be, like you said, there's going to be public money on Louisville, but some of the more in-tune players, sharper players, I have heard as well, like Air Force. So I like Air Force in the game. The next one is kind of a rock and a hard place game, all right? <laughs> we talk about coaches with bad track records in bowls. Mike Leach has a bad track record in bowls. And he has a bad track record in bowls. It's real simple to understand why. Look at you know, all the teams Leach has coached. Dating back to his tenure at Texas Tech and at Washington State and now in the SEC, that's a rhythm offense. And as soon as you take three weeks off, the offense is out of rhythm. You look them in week one. Leach is terrible, terrible against the spread week one of the regular season because the offense isn't in sync yet. And that is at least part of the reason why his bowl track record has been lousy. That being said, from every indication, Mississippi State cares and Texas Tech doesn't. Oh, and Texas Tech and Leach are still involved in a lawsuit from when he left many, many years ago. A lawsuit that is not a happy one for the Leach side. There's ample motivation for the Mississippi State side in this one. I'm seeing at the Westgate minus 9.5, 58.5. Who do the pros like? Who do the Joes like? Who do you like? Absolutely. You know, Leach versus former school. An SEC team. Once again, we've talked about this at nauseum. SEC teams. Always take money. Not so here. Texas Tech has taken money. I think we said it too. You know, when a team has those couple of weeks off, 
they're a passing offense. It's not the traditional we play defense and run the ball, which always travels, and you don't need practice for that, you know, to run up the A-gap or stop the run or any of that. When you play in that type of offense, it could take a little bit. So it's a big number, nine and a half is a big number. If it ever obviously got to 10 or 10 and a half, I think there'd be even more Texas Tech money coming in. We probably won't ever get to that. But Texas Tech money early. I would slightly lean Texas Tech. I wouldn't feel great about it. I just would take the points and run and hope I don't get blown out in the game because, you know, it's too many points for me. NC State battles UCLA in the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl tends to be a fun one. Right now, uh, I'm seeing the Wolfpack minus one and a half at the Westgate. Total 60 and a half. Any love for UCLA playing close to home? Or have we seen the early money and or the sharp money come in on the favorite in this one? Well, I think this is going to be one of those games, Teddy. You're right. The Holiday Bowl is always a fun game. It's usually a shootout for the most part. UCLA, interesting with Chip Kelly. They're back in a bowl for the first time since 2017. They haven't won a bowl since 2013, I believe. UCLA always attracts money. We always get good California action here. So UCLA has attracted money early. They're a slight dog, the one, one and a half, some money line as well. This is going to be public on UCLA, sharper players on NC State. NC State, very underrated. Their quarterback, Leary, is one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Never gets talked about because of guys like Pickett and the two Sams at Wake Forest and UNC. I love NC State in the game. I think this might be my favorite pick of the bowl season. But and I'm going against and I'm going against the money a little bit because UCLA is taking the money. So I like the Wolfpack in the game, and they're looking to win ten games. They're nine and three. Those are all real factors. We'll see if Art Caesar goes back to NC State when, at the end of the show, I ask him for one strong, bold opinion. But that's still a few minutes away. Uh, Art, we got just about what four minutes left here. Let's see how many bowls we can run through quick hitter style. Western Michigan at Minnesota. Gophers have been one of my favorite teams <laughs> this year in many recent seasons. Minnesota minus four and a half, forty-five at the Westgate as we speak. Yeah, one of the lower totals on the board. Game open three and a half, now four and a half. Nothing but Gopher money coming in early, and I don't think that trend will stop. West Virginia has not been good this year. Not that Minnesota's been great, but the Minnesota money's come in and it's still coming in. Yeah, I do worry about Western Michigan as being a good, or sorry, West Virginia as being a solid defensive underdog. Uh, Virginia and SMU. This one, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. here on the left coast. Virginia minus two and a half, 71 and a half. The total Bronco Mendenhall said, I'm going to coach one more game with the Cavaliers up in Boston. What do you do, Virginia SMU? Very interesting game. Games at Fenway Park, which is pretty cool, you know, if you just love sports. Interesting on both sides. You said Mendenhall is going to coach his last game. UVA lost their offensive coordinator. And SMU lost two of their top three receivers to opt out. So really tough. UVA has gotten the money early. With the total that high and the way these offenses score, you would think there would be money on the over. But who knows? That time in Massachusetts early in the morning, maybe there's some weather involved. But UVA money coming in early and the total hasn't moved yet. Because it's so high, you would think it'd go over, but who knows? Yeah, and then of course we got one game at Fenway. We got another game at Yankee Stadium, Maryland, Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm seeing the Terrapins minus three and a half, total of fifty-five. Wasn't a great year for Maryland. Why are they the favorites here? 
because I think it, it was not a good year for Virginia Tech either. They they were kind of a mess. That game opened basically pick them, and now it's three and a half. So nothing but turp money coming in early. I'd probably lean towards Maryland. I remember making a bet earlier in the season on Maryland in a game. They covered for me. Sometimes you just remember that and you feel good about it. Probably missed you know, your best number because it's three and a half now, but both teams aren't that great. I would probably slightly lean towards the Terrapins here. And let's get one more in, Art, before I ask you your opinion, uh, your bettable opinion, your favorite bettable opinion for the Bulls. Clemson and Iowa State, minus one, pick them, total 44.5. Which team's excited to be there? I don't think either team's excited to be there. Obviously, Clemson always has playoff aspirations. Iowa State was a top 10, top 15 team coming in the year. They lose week two to Iowa. So Clemson can win 10 games. Dabo's 10-7 and in the Bulls been nothing but Clemson money early, so I'd probably leave Clemson because they have more talent, but do they care that they're in the game? Probably not. We'll see. Arthur DeCesar at ArtDice21 on Twitter. Great info from behind the counter at the Westgate Race and Sportsbook. Art, I'm going to ask you for a bold best bet, and I'm going to give you a chance to promote yourself and your sportsbook. Go to town, my friend. We got about a minute, a little bit over a minute left. Absolutely, Teddy. Listen, man, I always appreciate you coming. Let me come on and have fun. I was on your show early in the year, did an NFL pick. It, it was a disaster, the Browns. So I'm going to try to make it up here. We talked about it. I like, N- I like NC State. I'm taking the Wolfpack minus one and a half. I think they get it done in the Holiday Bowl. So give me NC State. And, guys, the Westgate, just come down to the Westgate Hotel. Teddy said it. You come and ask for me. I'm more than happy to help. It's my job. Get you set up with whatever you need. And it's always fun to meet people. So just come down to the Westgate and check us out and ask for Arthur the Caesar. Yeah, there's definitely worse places where you can spend uh, a day watching football or basketball than the Westgate Superbook. Again, it's an off-strip property. So you're not paying strip prices, uh, which is something (laughs) to consider. Arthur, thank you so much, my friend. Have a great holiday season. Really appreciate your time and effort and energy. And we'll do it again in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely, Teddy. You too. Happy holidays to you and the family, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. When we come back, I'm going to give you a bettable opinion in a bowl game. Oh, yeah, by the way, it goes today on Christmas. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's show. If you want to go back and listen to last week's show, if you want to go back and find out what Arthur DeCesar said uh, three months ago when he came on, we have every show archived all the way back to last year's Super Bowl. So you can find any guest you're looking for, you can find any show you're looking for, you can find all the predictions that I've gotten wrong (laughs) in terms of my plays uh, on the show uh, over the course of the last year. Just look for Cover It with Teddy Covers. available at every major podcast outlet. Again, Cover It with Teddy Covers right here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the podcast version. I encourage you, download it and check it out at your convenience. Let's talk a little Christmas Day football. And I'm going to take a look 
at Ball State and Georgia State. I like the over in this ball game as we record, sitting 51 at basically every book that I can find. Um, there's not a lot of variance on this number. Georgia State doesn't play particularly fast, and they rely heavily on their running game. You got Tucker Gregg and Jameis Williams. That's why this total is as low as it is. But number one, both those RBs have big play potential. Number two, the quarterback, Darren Granger, he's got big play weapons on the outside. Opposing teams have to stack the box to stop the run against Georgia State. And that's how this, you know, Granger is allowed, averaged, I should say, more than 12 yards per completion over the course of the season. Ball State's not loaded with run stuffers on defense. They're going to have to stack the box. That means we're likely to see a big play or two on the outside from Georgia State. The Cardinals have a bet on QB of their own, and the senior, Drew Plitt, this guy's been making me money for the last two years, and his quote is all business about this bowl game. Ball State's A game is not about shutting the opposing teams down. It's about putting up points in bunches. I think we'll see enough points to get this one up and over the total. I like Ball State and Georgia State over 51. And there's your Camellia Bowl breakdown for Christmas Day. That's going to wrap it for the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to hang out. Merry Christmas and good luck. We'll see you next week. We understand you're overwhelmed between schedules, rosters, spreads, injuries, odds, and whether the star player just broke up with their girlfriend. Just stop. We make it easy. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.